0: the recap, part pastoring out loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. This last week was just 46. I preached the sermon. Nick, what did you think of my sermon? Do you remember much of what you said? I I remember some of it.
1: Because you had just had a root canal the
0: day before, right? Uh, I had had some dental work done within the previous, uh, like 36 to 48 hours. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So do I remember? You were a little...
1: Were you hopped up on stuff?
0: <laughs> I was not hopped up as per se. No. Okay. All right. I was in pain for okay, sure. All right. Uh, Ethan, do you remember my sermon at all? The portion of it you heard when you weren't uh, Viennying on a vacation to Vienna? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In a classroom. Okay. Walking a stroller around. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, so to go so ahead
1: and tell me about my sermon. Well, yeah. So your main points were uh, the departures of grace. Mm-hmm. Verses 1 to 7. I'm just reading an outline here. Insightful. Yep. Uh, Genealogies of grace, verses 8 to 27. Arrivals of grace, 28 to 34. And then the conclusion. Loss and gain in the life to
0: come. What did you uh, think about my sermon?
1: I thought it was good. You packed a lot in. You were right. It was kind of like a fire hose.
0: Yeah, I had a fair bit, exegetically.
1: Um, Can you unpack a little bit more for our people, what the purposes of genealogies are sometimes in Genesis.
0: Yeah. Sometimes to track the line, the seed that comes from Messiah, Mm -hmm. sometimes to emphasize or that's in pursuit of Messiah, sometimes to emphasize God's faithfulness to his covenant, including this one, like Mm -hmm. I will make you great. I'll make you a great nation. Um, Sometimes to, Uh, give Israel, the original recipients of this letter, kind of a a guide to their world, almost like here's an atlas for all the different people, groups that are in the land that you're inheriting or even beyond Mm -hmm. the land that you're inheriting. Uh, So 70 Mm -hmm. nations, uh, et cetera. Uh, Wasn't that Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? That was a movie a while ago. 70 Descendants for 70 Nations. What's the most ridiculous movie? Most ridiculous movie. Isn't that based on a novel? Seven I have rise, no idea. Brother. There's so much that's based on so much. Okay, anyway. It's true.
1: So, Because I think a lot of people can just, they get to a genealogy and they're like, oh, it's just a list of names. Check
0: it out. Yeah. Why? Um, yeah, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I think most point and, you know, there's different, uh, you know, depending on how you're counting and other things like that, you know, 70 people, you know, made their way down, plus wives, um, not always, they're not always counted. You know, when uh, Stephen recounted in Acts 7, he says 75 mm-hmm. and he's following the Septuagint, which explicitly includes um, five other children that Joseph later had with Potiphar or Potiphar's daughter, uh, apparently, hmm. but for Moses's purpose, either because they hadn't been born yet um, or Moses is just trying to really emphasize 70 for 70, perhaps mm-hmm. um, they're not, not included, but yeah, the, the purpose appears to be some kind of like, look, there was 70 earlier, here's 70 again in this case. Mm -hmm. And in other cases, you know, all those, all those various, um, things or even the, like all the way back to Dave's sermon on Genesis was it four, you know, seven generations from Adam and Eve in one line is Lamech. Mm -hmm. And seven generations in the other line is, uh, is it Abraham? I can't remember. It's not Abraham. It's Noah. Uh, Right. Yeah. And so like the way that the genealogies are trying to track, uh, maybe it's not Noah. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the way the genealogies are trying to track, like look at this line of promise and look at another line that seems to oppose it, including within the same line where you get like Ishmael and you get Esau, And you get apparently Judah, but God's in the business of redeeming people that look like they're maybe going to be followers of the snake. And he turns them around and redeems them. Mm -hmm. So all kinds of reasons for genealogies in the book. I think the point I kept trying to emphasize, maybe it was more in my head than on my mouth, but was like, you know, these are really like proto-saints. You know, these are prototypes of the people that we are called to be. Uh, primordial saints. I think there's a book, a commentary uh, about Genesis called that primeval saints. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're supposed to see ourselves in these. They're not other kinds of people from us, mm-hmm. right? They too are shot through a sin though. They be, may bear some home, some, you know, marks of being heroes of the faith. They're flawed. Mm-hmm. You know, all our heroes have clay feet uh, or dirt feet. Yep. Or or dung feet
1: or whatever. There you go. Yeah. Ethan, do you have any questions or anything?
0: Yeah. Um, one thing One thing I was going to ask you about is at the end of 45, yeah. um, when the brothers come back from Egypt after Joseph had revealed himself to them, um, it says uh, in verse 28, it says, and Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Um, so that seems to be uh, that he believes them. He's, you know, concluded that we're going to go. Yep. Um, but then still he receives a vision yep. at the beginning of 46. Yeah. So what's, what's the, uh, how do you reconcile those two? Yeah. So he's somewhere at, in 45 uh, geographically somewhere north of Beersheba. Beersheba is at the very Southern part of the promised land. So he apparently gets up and goes to Beersheba in verse one of 46. He offers sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. And then God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. He said, here I am. And then he encourages him. Please don't be afraid. Uh, Go down to Egypt. Uh, Why? Probably because he's a doubting person. Yeah, still ahead. Yeah, pr- reservations pr- Perry, about it or it's an extra reassurance of um this really is the route to go. And if at mm-hmm. the end of 45 it's here's one purpose I get to see my son. At the beginning of 46 it's all of the additional purposes we've seen throughout the book. I'm going to make of you a great nation. All this promise that I made to your grandfather Abraham it's going to be fulfilled. Even though you're going outside the territory of promise, it's like the place of promise is wherever I am, mm. Jacob, and I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. So you can be in yeah. Egypt in exile, and I'm with you, and I will uh, bring you back. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to pick up on that
1: okay. a lot this next chapter in chapter forty-seven. Which which
0: one? Which part? The exile? To yeah, 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 part. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because. Yep.
1: You know, yep. there's a lot about that and Jacob begging to be buried back in the promised land yeah, yeah. and sojourning and yeah, all that mm, stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if you we were just going to recap the main application then for our people, like why did this, you know, chapter, what, what, what are our people supposed to take away?
0: From this? Yeah. So if you see yourself in the story of the patriarchs to some degree where they're in exile, they're in Exodus, <laughs> yeah. they're coming, they're going, etc. um, the, the through line that we're supposed to see, I believe is that we are also exiles. Mm-hmm. We are on our way to a promised land. And similarly, though this is relatively, uh, you know, um, we got pretty decent digs, great air conditioning under a blue roof. You know, we are, uh, still on our way elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, whatever you might say about the nature of the new heavens and new earth, I would say it's this earth, albeit stripped from sin, the Bible and, and filled with the righteousness and goodness of God. Mm -hmm. The Bible has a way of talking about this as a journey, even though I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And as that gets worked out in the new Testament, it's a place that's coming here to be merged with earth. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think it's, we, we should see ourselves as on this journey, ready to receive God's grace and provision because he's present with us where we're at and ready to display the glory of God, Mm -hmm. ready to, we're not, you know, Israel had an evangelistic purpose for being in the promised land, Um, us too. Even though Israel was supposed to look past the promised land to a quote-unquote heavenly country like Hebrews 11 that I quoted, um, so too are we. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to do that also. Awesome. Awesome. A couple of things that I didn't get a chance to go into or maybe, you know, some follow-up question, you know, things like, uh, you know, why are the Israelites such abominations to the Egyptians? I mean, we know from Herodotus, he was a guy that, a Greek scholar that traveled and was particularly struck by different people, uh, you know, different people groups that he spent time with. We know that he talked about the fastidiousness and the cleanliness of the Egyptians and how they uh, segmented society into different, Not exactly castes, but certainly like more clean, less clean, etc. Apparently there's something about the Hebrews being uh, keepers of livestock, etc. That makes them particularly unclean uh, in the way that the Egyptians view them. And so when Joseph's like, make sure you emphasize this, guys. uh, It appears to very much be with like he's playing off of a Egyptian cultural Thing. It's similar to mm-hmm. was it the previous chapter, two chapters previous, but then, where he where he you know he has to eat separate from the Egyptians, et
1: cetera. But then that come, becomes even more important in chapter forty seven. Yes, next week when they settle in Goshen. Yep. And Pharaoh's like, "Oh, you're shepherds. Take charge of my flocks." Yes. So I'm, I'm going to talk about that even more.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. it seems to be like uh, you know, uh, Jacob disappears to Laban and gets more flocks there. They go to Egypt. They get more flocks there. Mm-hmm. It's God's continuing to so, keep his promise. Preview
1: of things to come.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. One other question I got was like, why is Rachel called, um, you know, Jacob's oh, yeah. wife? In, in
1: verse 19. Yep, yep, and not Leah. And,
0: and Leah is not. Uh, I think, Leah? Um, you know, there's all kinds. Yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of things. There are other places where Leah's called um, his wife. You know, he's going to say, Jacob's going to say a couple chapters from now, He's going to say, you know, my grand, my, uh, you know, my granddad, his wife, my father, his wife, and Leah, you know, he's talking about the shave, the, the shave at Mecham. Whoa. The cave at Sh- Shechem. <laughs> <Schmechum>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you guys, it's been a ride. Um, you know, he, he's like, I think it's implicitly, at least he believes um, that, Leah is his wife and uh, Bilhah and Zilpah are also called his wife in 44 or 45. Um, So whether that's left off here or not and what that means for this particular text, um, I don't think anybody's denying that at least culturally um, she is also his wife. You go back and talk about, you know, what David shared and others have shared, like this is outside the ideal um, in a number of ways. Um, even though it perhaps was normal for ancient Near Eastern culture. And today, you know, in many countries Mm -hmm. in the Middle East, uh, it's not (laughs) abnormal to have multiple wives. Um, But this is not as it was designed at the beginning. And we can have a larger conversation about, you know, polygamy in the ancient world and why that was permissible or not permissible and what, what exactly that means. There's no particular place that we seem to see in God's law to the Israelites where polygamy is like actually commended. And in fact, in many places, it's like like condemned and restricted. Mm-hmm. Right. Very different from any of the other ancient Near Eastern cultures than the well, yeah. examples that we have there. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think there's anybody that's doubting that, you know, uh, Jacob views Leah as his wife, albeit, you know, he had a favorite, Rachel.
1: and Which that'd be my leaning as to why it's, mentioned here that she's his wife. Yeah. The favorite Joseph and Benjamin, the favorite sons, God's working this, you
0: know, this is the story yep, of
1: Joseph. Yep.
0: And yet it's Leah that, you know, is blessed by God. Yeah. Her womb is open. Yeah. And Judah comes from her, the leader of the brothers and the one from whom Christ comes. Is there any other questions that you have for me guys? Are there more questions that I have for myself? No, I don't think so. I think, we're. Good. I think we're good, man. Okay. Well, it's a joy to preach, get to preach Genesis 49 in a few weeks, God willing, and uh, really bring it home. Looking forward to you preaching next week, Nick. Me too. Thanks.